Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, that was a night full of winning. Well, actually a day full of winning because there's afternoon college basketball. And Weber State and Utah State both picked up victories. The Jazz picked up a win last night. We'll get to the best of the Jazz postgame show coming up. But we're going to start with a little college football. The Cougars getting ready to go play Georgia Southern. Puka Nakua meeting with the media. Here is BYU star wide receiver. Hey, Puka. Um... What do you guys as a receivers group take the most pride in? Is it blocking? Is it catching touchdown passes? Is it something else? What is it you guys take the most pride in? Mm, I think explosive plays. Like, um, definitely, I mean, blocking has always been like a goal. I mean, with the with the guy in the backfield that we have, like, uh, Phil, when he gets those, the there's a difference between a 20-yard gain and a 40-yard touchdown, and, and I think that, that falls on our shoulders. And then when they throw the ball up, uh, to making those explosive plays, like we can't have long foul balls. I think when we throw the ball 20-plus yards on the field, we got to come down with it every time. Like, it's just it, – it'd be the worst feeling. It's, it's the worst feeling sometimes when you run 60 yards for a, a long ball and it's, just, it's either a foul ball or you don't catch it. So I think we pride ourselves in making those explosive plays to bring momentum and allow Mr. Algier to do what he does. <laughs> and then as a follow-up, uh, the coaches and, and players always like to talk about next man up. How, how do you know when that next man up is ready on your group? Um, I think in practice, we, we all, we compete, um, but we're also learning from each other. So seeing when we're going through plays and we're, we're running routes and we're, we're doing our drills, just seeing that they're, they're locked in, like the little things that we're all doing the same reps and we're arguing, but making sure that they're, it's just not going through the motions. It's hard to not go through the motions when we're in week, week 11 now. So, but to make sure everybody's ready, I mean, we're, we're in for a, a long season and hopefully that in that break that we had last week with the bye week, that was a kind of a reset to make sure you can kind of dial back in. You have your time off in football. So kind of give yourself a mental and physical reset, but um, starting on Monday or even Sunday, like it was, it was time to get ready to go. Okay. We'll go to Alex and then Jared. Hey Puka, um, obviously one of one of the main receivers is going to be out for for this game. Um, but you guys, as a receiver core, you have plenty of you know plenty of guys, and, and kind of like was alluded to just now, um, next man up mentality. But um, how do you how do you guys kind of um, adjust to not having one of your most productive receivers out there, and how do you sort of make up for that? Um, I think it started it started in the summertime of the leadership that Neil and Gunner um, showed us and the example that they've been throughout the season of consistency and to do all the little things. Uh, I mean, having Neil, just like you said, I mean, one of the leader, one of the leaders of our group uh, who's, who he has the most catches and touchdowns and the energy guy and a guy we look to when we need uh, we need a big play or somebody when just the offense isn't moving right. It's somebody everybody trusts and knows who's going to get the job done. So, uh just trust our technique, the game plan. It, it's crazy. It, it's, it sounds kind of basic, but it's just like when we go out there and to trust your technique, there are things that we work on during practice and just to continue to trust the guys around us. I, I know if I look out to my left and I see my brother, I know he's capable of making plays. I look to my right and I see Gunner. Uh, we we know what those guys are capable of. And then to see Kibo and Chris and Hobbs and Maj and the, the group of guys that we got, it's just, it's been cool to see them in the Idaho state game. And then I know those guys. And if anybody were to go down at any second that um, I've seen them all put in that work. So I know that they're ready to go. And um, in these, in these last three wins, what do you think has been the difference for your team compared to when you guys had that little two game losing streak earlier in the season? Um, I think a confidence boost and uh, just a little, a little, a little bit extra swagger. Like uh, we all, we've, we've had swag, I think throughout the whole year. I, I hope that people can feel that, that confidence that we bring, but uh, after you, you drop a couple games, um, the swagger turns into a swagger with a little chip on your shoulder. So it's like, I, I'm, I'm, I feel good, but I'm also coming to punch you in the face at the same time now. Like I, yeah, I might have a smile on my face, but you know, my right hand's coming. <laughs> so I think that's kind of been a thing is, uh, we kind of had a setback, but we weren't just going to lay down on our backs the whole time. We had stood up and we got ready to go. It's, there's no time to lay down and roll over and let everybody walk all over us. Um, you win some and you lose some, but we got a good group of guys and <laughs> we got a, a, a team full of fighters. So it's been fun. Okay, Jared next, and then Jay. 
Luca, you've been on a lot of teams that have put up a lot of points, both in high school and now at BYU the last couple of games. When do you know that the offense is going to be clicking on a given Saturday or in a given game? Is it during the game? Is it in warm-ups? Is it the week leading up? When do you really feel like, okay, I know we're going to be really on, on it today? Um, I, I feel like it's kind of uh, – it definitely starts in the week, but a big part of it is our energy on game day. Like, you, um, it's hard to obviously have energy during practice sometimes because you're waiting for Saturday, and that's the big day that everybody's waiting for. But coming out and making sure that whatever happened in the week, you <laughs> miss some homework assignments, your girlfriend had this, you missed dinner, you didn't get you, – you lost some Call of Duty games. But uh, the energy that you bring out on Saturday is the most important thing. Um, I never want to go out there and feel like I, I – I have energy left to give. I want to be out Saturday night and just be dead, like knowing that I gave everything out on the field and for my teammates out there. And that definitely Saturday during warmups is is the feeling that you get that kind of the butterflies and the tingles and I, I just start shaking, like jiggling. And I just want to hit guys and they're hitting me, but it's just the energy that you can feel. And it's contagious in, in the locker room. And it comes from Coach Kalani, definitely. But it's, it's, a, it's our job to carry it out through the game. So... I also wanted to ask just about kind of your perspective. You played at Washington, you know, a big name, you know, traditional power, and you saw the excitement that surrounded the Washington program. And, and of course, you were from this area, so you knew what BYU had. But when you go on the road, ro- go on the road with BYU like you will this weekend, and there's that many BYU supporters in attendance, how does that compare to your other experience? Um. It's crazy because, you know, Washington is known as one of the greatest settings of college football with the the beautiful stadium that they have. And they packed the house with 70,000 over there. But I think one of the greatest feelings is when we went out to Baylor and all, every almost every away game we go out to. Um, I remember the Baylor game specifically right before kickoff. Um, you could hear BYU chants going throughout the stadium and to have that confidence and to know that there are people when you make the big play. I mean, obviously, your teammates and you're excited and the juice is flowing, but. To, ha- to hear the crowd roar when the, everybody else at the home time is just quiet and you just hear the the BYU fans out there they're 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 diehard they're they're the best we we feed off their energy whether they know it or not and, uh, we're grateful for the support but it, it's it's a huge blessing to have well, I mean we're about to go to Georgia I've never I've been I've been to Georgia for a basketball tournament when I was little but I know we're gonna have BYU fans out there and that's the coolest feeling Hey, Puka, last year, Isaac Rex caught 12 touchdown passes and made those explosive plays that you were just talking about. This year, obviously, not so much. But how much is just his threat or his presence opened it up for the other receivers to to flourish? Excuse me, sorry. I think it's been huge. Um, he allows us to go make those big-time plays when we do have those explosive plays. Um, he's in there in the in the pass protection and and – watching film everybody watch film they know what he's capable of so when we and he's out there solo by himself uh, they're gonna shade another they're not gonna leave him one-on-one with the corner they know what he's capable of and they've seen what he's done and he's put that on tape on, again this year so uh the confidence that if we feel when we go four wide and we have isaac out there it's like having another receiver pretty much i mean i know uh one of his favorite players is travis kelsey and i feel like i mean i don't know if we have a tyree kill it might be me i don't know but <laughs> but i mean that's that's who we got uh, we're confident and every time we throw him the ball um he's coming down with it that's for sure okay uh question now from jake yeah, Puka, you talked earlier about foul balls, and we heard Coach Roderick just a couple weeks back saying that the worst thing he feels like a quarterback can do is overthrow you guys. And obviously, there's some people who say you guys get balls underthrown. Is it a skill to be able to adjust mid-route to a deep ball like that? Uh, definitely. I, I was, uh, so I went – me and Samson had gone to uh, the – BYU women's basketball game today and we saw uh, Danny Ainge <laughs> a BYU legend so it was cool and that was one of the compliments that he had given us and uh, that's something that uh, I know me and Samson and our entire receiver room pride ourselves in is going to make those high point balls it's not easy uh, having a defender dragged on you or having to take your momentum and go backwards and to make that catch of um, it's definitely hard to track the ball to be on one track and to have to switch it up but uh, I think basketball basketball definitely helped me with that one of just being able to go up there and I think of it as a rebound uh, I never I mean obviously if you can go if you can only have one hand you're going to go up with one but going up with two and being as strong and firm as you can I think is something that 
I want to do. I, I try to stay on my feet after those big long balls. And I think that's another bonus of having not necessarily underthrown balls, but a, a jump ball where I don't feel like we don't, we don't, I mean, I've never heard anybody in our, our facility say 50, 50 balls. So that we don't think of it like that. We're just throwing jump balls. That's how we, we operate. And when we go, I'm going to jump and get it. <laughs> and can you just give me a quick scouting report on what you see from Georgia Southern defensive? Um, They're going to give us some looks that we've seen. It'll be exciting to see kind of how the game plan goes. I, I'm excited for our game plan. We got a, uh, they're a little bit similar to Virginia um, playing some cover four. They're going to get, they're going to be off, um, but it'll be interesting to see. There's always a game time adjustments and you never know what you're going to come out until we get that first snap and kind of see how the game's going to go. But they got some good athletes and we're going into a talented team. Like um, I know our, our defense and everybody, this, we're going to be ready. I know there's the, I guess, a, a kind of thought of, yeah, the coming after a bye week and playing Idaho State, that this is kind of another smaller game. But uh, every game is important. We've we've dropped two games. So the mindset of, every, like, every game is important has been over-preached because of the way the season has gone. And I think we're, get, we're, we're ready and prepared to go out there and to put, to put a butt whooping out there in Georgia. <laughs> There's BYU's Puka Nakua. When we come back, the Utes and the Oregon Ducks, big, big game. Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Network Analyst, joins PK and I next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It's the biggest Pac-12 game of the year for Utah and a potential preview of the conference championship game as the Oregon Ducks come to Rice-Eccles Stadium for a showdown against the Utes. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 4.30 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by Lincoln Kennedy, Raider analyst, Pac-12 network analyst. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner, Smart Rain, has an incredible Black Friday offer running the entire month of November. Smart Rain's given free controllers along with free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. LK, good morning. DJ, PK, it's LK on Thursday. Everything okay? All good? <laughs> well, I think that depends on who you're talking about. Right <laughs> now. So, sorry, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Right now, everything's okay with the Utes because they won six out of seven. They got this huge game coming up with Oregon Saturday night, 530 on ABC. Prime time on the East Coast. This is what the Pac-12 wants. This is what it gets. Let's see if they put on a good show here. See if we get a little Pac-12. Yeah, after, I'm hoping so as well. We'll see. <laughs> but if your team loses that game, then you're not in such a good mood. So which fan base is going to be in a good mood Saturday night and which is going to be in a bad mood? You know, I still think it's going to be a, 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 a Pac-12 championship game. You know, regardless how you twist it, it's going to, it's going to come down to uh, two of the better teams playing one another. And, and I think that's what it suits up to be. Yeah, it's a real interesting situation for Utah. You know, if they win... That's great, and that's that's the goal. But then you got to win in, in two weeks. Uh, Oregon would have a letdown because then they wouldn't be going to the playoff. But then they'd have a couple of weeks, assuming that they win the North, to recoup and get into the uh, conference final. I guess maybe that's not a guarantee uh, <laughs> since they'd have to play Oregon State. You, right. Utes obviously with a win or an issue loss clinch it. Um, and I talked to you down there in Arizona, uh, and obviously you called the game for the Pac-12 Network. It wasn't a dominating victory. I'm not necessarily right. bothered by that. But, you know, I live around some Ute fans, and I talked to them, and they were bothered by it. How much should they be bothered by it that it wasn't a dominating win against Arizona? You know, the the, the thing is, and we've talked about this before, I, I'm, I'm pleased with the fact that there's a level of competition with the Pac-12 that – there's you know, sort of a round table. It, it, it seems like every team can compete with every team. I like that. 
I mean, it, it's it's not for, on a national standard. It's not favorable, but for for the most part, I like the fact that every team can compete with every team, and there's never any given weekend where you're going to have one team that stands out above the most. Um, but at the same point, for a national scale, it, it it does not it does not pave because we we look at some of these other conferences, whether it's the Big Ten or the SEC or, or whatever. I, I think they're top heavy. I've always said that. Um, but when it comes down to competition, I want to see schools be able to compete with one another. Doesn't matter what day it is, doesn't matter what, what time it is, doesn't matter who they have on the roster. I want to see schools compete. And I've enjoyed that. So to answer your question, I mean, I'm conflicted, but at the same time, I'm, I, I saw Utah, you know, take a step above. Arizona and everyone else um, to put themselves in that in that sort of not, not necessarily elite phase, but take a step and put themselves in a, in a place where they're they're competitive. And I'm looking forward to that as it comes you know later in the season. So Oregon can run the ball. They got a lot of guys who can run the ball. Yeah, and then you got the Utes, who normally are very good against the run, but they've been younger up front this year. It's been a problem as early as the BYU game week two, as recently as the Oregon State game. Do you think the Utes can slow down Oregon's run game, or is Oregon going to run for their 200, 250, maybe even more yards than that? I think the Utes can slow down that run game. I think it's going to be more competitive than people give it. A, uh, than people look at it from the outside. Um, uh, I, I think you talking compete with Oregon. I'm looking forward to a very good game, and there's going to be sort of a what is it rematch or whatever you look at the Pac-12 championship. I think both teams are going to uh, are going to find a way to 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 put on a advanced. I don't know, a better performance than they did this week. But I'm looking forward to Utah, really Oregon, and competing with Oregon. Is it too simple to say that Oregon and how well they do, and if they win the game, rests with how well the quarterback plays? Yes. Yes. I think it's going to come down to more than that. Ute fans have uh, trusted the offense, or excuse me, have trusted the defense for many years and then watched the offense, one eye open, one eye closed, please offense, please, come on. This year, they've been watching the defense versus the run game, and come on, hold it together, guys. But they are starting to get to the point where they trust the offense. You called the game in Arizona, and and Kyle said the difference in the game is they went one for four in the red zone, and we were five of six. Right. Do, you, do you trust this offense? Is this offense going to run out and score 30, 30 points on an off week and, and 40 or more on a good week? Is that where I they are now? I think it's going to be more defensive than, than offensive. Camerizing is, is definitely doing well, but I think it's going to be more defense. I, I, love, I love the youth's defense when it comes to this game. Hmm. 13 games for Jimmy Lake at Washington. This is crazy. I mean, I never would have guessed that when Chris Peterson stepped aside. Uh, What do you make of it? Uh, Was it fair? And what does Washington do going forward? Really disheartening as a UW alumni. I'm not really sure what to make of it. there were, there, were, there were a lot of guys who liked Jimmy Lake, and I'd never met, I mean, I met him in person, but it was just a casual handshake and stuff like that. Never had a chance to get to know him. Um, I'm not really sure, to, to be honest, guys. I'm not sure of the condition of the program, where it goes after Coach Peterson. Um, so this hire for the next head coach is going to be big. It's really disheartening if, if, if you're talking you know, to alumni like myself. Um, it, it's just, it's so confusing. I don't I don't really know to, what to make of the program where they are right now, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's really hard. It really hard. Because, you know, watching the program sort of evolve after the days of Don James to where they are right now, it's really disheartening to see where they're at and to understand what really is going on I don't know what the future holds for that program there. We have been amazed at how 
quickly things are changing for college football coaches everywhere. True Matt story. Wells got fired with a 5-3 and three record in his third yeah. year when his second year was a pandemic season. And we followed yeah. it because he'd been the Utah State coach, so obviously we're following him. And then I'm reading about Washington, and I should have known this, but I'm just not following it close enough. But when I read it, I realized it was true. Washington and Washington State hired new coaches yeah. who never played a rivalry game against each other, and they were both fired. That yeah. is, I mean, things are moving. There's a story out that like half a billion dollars in dead money to coaches have been fired over the last decade. Like college sports, it's it's not college sports. When when you got a half billion in dead money and you got people getting a year and a half or two and a half years to build programs, this is just pro sports. Oh, it, it, it's really unfortunate when you talk about the. The, the the college roundtable that is free agency with the the portable you know stuff like that as well as the coaches it's really hard to to put your finger on it and for for me as a UW alumni um, I'm concerned because there's a, there's there's a top five job that's sitting out there that's a USC there might be more when the end of the season comes for the Pac-12. And to think of likable candidates for those places or those those positions, it's really difficult because I don't know what is going to be available. I don't know who's going to be available. I should say that's a better way of saying it. It's really unfortunate. So um, it, it really is a, oh, a very uh, tumultuous, if you will, uh, sort of roundtable going around the country when it comes to college football. And it's unfortunate. I don't know, especially for the program, as I said, I'm a proud alumni for UW. I don't know where the future holds for my, 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 my very well university. As soon as the Washington job came open, Kalani Stocky at BYU's name surfaced. Uh, yeah. Would you be interested to at least talk to him? I haven't. You know, I think they're going to talk to them. I don't. I don't know where they're going to go. I haven't had a connection with the the regents and the people who are in power at UW just yet. Um, this is such a surprising move um, to fire a lake and everything else. So um, I, I think that he'll probably be in, in. His name will probably be in that hunt as well. So you're calling Raider games, and we hear you here on the zone. Back-to-back yeah. losses. I mean, they were five and two. It looked so good. Yes, there have been a lot of distractions, but right. they're in first place. Kansas City's defense can't stop anybody. Hey, the Raiders could really have something going here. Two games later, they got two losses. Kansas City six and four, back in the lead. The whole division's up for grabs. Any of the four teams could win it based on where they stand right now. Are you surprised by this turnaround, or? Did you think all along that there's not much separating these teams? So if after nine or ten games they're this close together, who's surprised? Probably the latter. What I'm most surprised with is the sloppy play that the Raiders put on Sunday night against the Chiefs. The fact is the penalties and the the, the undercomings, if you will, for the game allowed the Chiefs to, to excel. Uh, look, the Raiders have got to put themselves together, get themselves together. They can't have penalties that, that, that stop themselves or, you know, you know, uh, Hindered drives, if you will. I looked at you know the first drive that the, the Raiders defense went three and out. The first drive ended with a fourth and one and a penalty on an offensive lineman who jumps off sides. You know Alex Leatherwood. It was so disappointing. You cannot lose possessions when you come to an efficiently offensive, offensively efficient team, and that's exactly what the what the Raiders did. They've got to find a way to put themselves together. It's still plenty of time. You still got plenty of season left, but they've got to find a way to win win games rather than find a ways to lose games. I was surprised that Kansas City's uh, put so much pressure on Carr. Uh, right. I don't know if it was the offensive line or what. What was going on there? The offensive line. Uh, just, but at the same point, I think Derek Carr has to trust his offensive line better because there were opportunities where they picked up the blitz, they picked up the, 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 the pass rush, and he still threw checkdowns. He's got to find a way to look downfield and be more aggressive. He did not do that in the Kansas City game. So now you got to sprint to the finish here over the final, uh, what depends on the team, seven or eight games here. Is there one team you trust more or less than the others? No. 
<laughs> I will say that I think Denver Broncos are out of the competition, but it comes down to Chargers, Chiefs, and Raiders. Who's going to win the AFC West? Do you believe in what the Patriots are doing here to turn around? Is Belichick going to stun us all? Or they're just, well, they won a couple, well, they've won four, though, so it's not more than yeah. a couple. It's four in a row now. What do you think? How, how good are they? That division has always been sufficiently weak. You know, there's no one else in, who's in competition except the Buffalo Bills, if you think about it. I, I, I'm not surprised with Belichick and the Patriots. They're in the hunt. Like, you know, since they found their quarterback, they have a good team all around. But, you know, when it comes to the rest of that division, other than the Buffalo Bills, who are you going to re- rely on? No one. So I'm not surprised at all. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do the next couple weeks because they finish right. up with the Dolphins and Jaguars. So it feels like they got a couple couple wins built in there at the end if they can if they can hang okay. around. They could be in good shape. Well, Lincoln, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on, talking a little college football, a little pro football. Uh, we will talk. What, what's your uh, college football game this week? You got one? I've got UW versus Colorado in Boulder. Oh, okay. Yay. Fun <laughs> <Long> times. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, we'll give you a chance to talk to Washington people and see what you can yeah, learn about. Yeah, exactly right. I'm going to try to figure that out. But yeah, DJ PK, it's always good to be with you guys. Thanks, All right. man. There's Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Network analyst and Raider analyst. When we come back, the best of the Jazz postgame show as they beat the Raptors. Stay with us. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. After a much-needed bye week, Kalani Sitaki and the Cougars begin a two-game stretch to end the regular season on the road as they square off against the Eagles of Georgia Southern. Catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 7 with a postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Well, the tale of two halves. In the first half, the Jazz gave up too many offensive rebounds, turned the ball over too much, and really struggled with the Raptors. In the second half, they tightened up the act, and Rudy Gay got hot and started hitting threes. Five out of six. He had 20 points, and the Jazz pull away and get the win. Here's the best of the postgame show. DJ and PK, Jazz recap. Jake Scott with you, 97.5 and 1280. The zone. The Jazz beat the Raptors last night at Vivint Arena, 119 to 1037. Jazz players in double figures, led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 20, and Rudy Gay in his Jazz debut, had 20 points in 18 minutes, seven of eight shooting, five of six from three. He was fantastic. Let's get you some postgame sound. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Every win is a, is a good win, and tonight, the you know, the way we played with the pass um, against the team, you know, I mentioned before the game, that really forces you to do that because of the way that they defend. Um, and I thought um, that efficiency helped our transition defense, and maybe the biggest thing that we did defensively um, just as the game went on, we got a lot better on the offensive boards, on our defensive boards. What do you think of Rudy Ocho's debut? I think we're calling him Ocho. I got to write an eight on on the uh, the board, so we're getting used to that. Um, he played within himself, you know. He just made the game easy because of the decisions that he made, you know. And I think that you know he made shots, but that's a byproduct of you know making the right play, and that's what we've emphasized with our whole group. You know, it's the, the making shots always stands out, but there's other things that he did that you know helped our team. And uh, that's what stood out to me. What are some of those other things? Um, well, defensively, he's length. He's, I think uh, impacts shots, even if he doesn't block a shot. Um, his willingness to move the ball, um, you know, and that the ball the ball comes back to you. Um, you know, something as simple as spacing. You know, I think with his height again, you know, he's able to pass the ball. And most of the shots he got were, you know, he had the one driving layup, um, but most of the shots he got were after the ball, you know, moved some and, and he was open. 
Um, so he was, you know, he was efficient to be out for that long. Um, you know, it just tells you, you know, he's a basketball player and his feel for the games, you know, that, that such a hard thing to capture when you, you know, you talk about feel, but if you watch the game, you know, you, you can tell what it, what it is. Joe, was maybe the most involved that he's been, um, especially kind of playmaking in that third quarter. When, why did you guys get him the ball so much? Or was that kind of a close thing? And then what did you see? This yeah, play? I think the, the, the kind of the misnomer with our team is, is you know, getting the ball to a guy, you know, it's more, um, you know, how many assists did he have a lot? So, you know, that he, he's getting off the ball when he's doing that. So, um, you know, we've talked about, you know, one of the biggest things is, I don't know how many defensive rebounds he had, but he was, he was on the glass, um, you know, and that's, that gives him opportunities in transition. Um, and I thought, you know, in, in a similar fashion to, to Ocho, um, you know, Joe just tried to make the right play and, you know, against a team like Toronto, that's so aggressive and pressures you so much. Um, you know, the guy that is bringing it up, um, usually can, can create an advantage right away in the possession. And, you know, it happens all the time when you get off it and there's numbers, um, and you create that advantage, you know, there was a few times that, you know, we, we made the right decision to drive the ball and travel, but a lot of those plays where guys are driving and kicking, it, it comes back to, you know, the guy that started the possession, you know, and frankly, Mike Conley dominated the game. I mean, that, and, you know, it says a lot about who he is as a player, you know, when he takes what four shots and dominates the game, you know, I think obviously Joe and, and Rudy Gay, you know, had really good nights. We had, you know, a lot of people contributed, but, you know, Mike, in my mind, you know, the way that he played and to, to be that unselfish to facilitate every, I don't pay a lot of attention to plus minus because sometimes it's deceiving, but 33 jumps out plus 33. It's hard to do. Specifically, what does Mike do you know, specifically this offense that kind of gets over this? I mean, boys had a lot of good looks tonight. Yeah. What does Mike do specifically? Well, I, I think, you know, he, he's unselfish and he's quick to make the, the right play, you know, and sometimes that you define that a lot of different ways, but, um, you know, his ability to get in the paint, I think, is, uh, is unique with his quickness. Um, you know, he took shots when he was open, you know, and then a lot of times he made a play to get somebody a better shot. Um, you know, so uh, I thought he defended too. You know, he worked. Van Fleet's hard to guard. There's a lot of movement, you know, and he really worked on that. I think he blocked a shot too. So, no, but we, you know, we got, the, the main thing is we were precise enough to, to get spaced and we had a, you know, we had a spell there where, you know, I think we, we weren't spaced as well. And, you know, we turned the ball over trying to um, turn the ball over trying to make plays. It's like in, in the right spirit. Um, but tonight, as I, as I mentioned before, you know, the, getting off the ball sometimes is more important than anything and being spaced so that someone can get off the ball. But, you know, we've been talking a lot about offense right now and, you know, just bring us back to the defensive end because getting stops is, is what allows us to do that um, consistently. You mentioned the defense that Toronto scored three baskets over the final nine minutes of the third quarter. What really was the turning point that, that led to that? I, I think it just concentration and focus on that end, you know, and understanding that that sustained consistent effort um, is what allows you to, you know, to not just build a lead, but extend a lead. And there's been times this year where we've been in a position to, to, to extend the lead and, um, and take control of the game. And we, we haven't been as focused on the defensive end. And that, that's really where a, a team can let up in those situations. When you look up and you're up 13 and all of a sudden, you know, you're up six um, because you don't have the right frame of mind thinking about something else other than defending.
There's Coach Quinn Snyder. 119 to 103 is your final. The Jazz beat the Raptors. Let's now get to the player sound from the post game. Let's start things off with Joe Ingles. I mean, it's got nothing obviously to do with Eric either. Eric was great for, for I don't know how many games we've played now 10, 11, 12, whatever. Um, different players, obviously. Um, and, and Rudy's shot making ability, shot spacing, shot floor spacing. Um, uh, I think it obviously tonight what they were doing with with kind of blitzing and trying to run us off the three point line, regardless of of what they were trying to do. I think that that spacing helped either way, and obviously tonight even more. Um, but no, it's been fun. It's it's obviously been a bit of a build up for us because we've watched him and seen him for years and played against him for for years. But but uh, to to have him on your team is is nice. Um, <laughs> I remember a few games with the Spurs when he was there and he killed us a few games, offensive rebounding. I think he played the five a bit when he was there. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's hell of a player, 26 seasons in. Um, and hopefully now that everyone knows he can shoot, he can give me some of uh, my powers back. <laughs> what um. Well, um, you got, your usage had been down a little bit and tonight it was way up in terms of um, the ball in your hand. Was was there anything to that in terms of um, a focus or did it just kind of happen that way? Oh, you missed media this morning. We talked about it this morning. You should have got up early. I was writing that story. Um, it wasn't this story. Yeah. Oh, what was it about? Huh? What was it about? I can't tell you. Man, it ain't that secret. Um, no, uh, I mean, I, I, we kind of said it, I said it this morning a little bit, but I think with the depth of our team, different nights, uh, uh, different players are going to have nights on, on different nights is this games. I, I think coach said it before, Mike shot four shots tonight, but was plus 33 and dominated kind of bringing the ball up and, and initiating that first pass to then that next guy making the play and, and getting the assist and for the people on the outside looks like Mike didn't do much, but he was, he was dominating obviously um, for, for the people that know and watch the game. Um, and I think that's a, I mean, I said it this morning too, but like the, obviously everyone wants to get some shots and make a couple shots and, and help the team. And there's going to be nights that Mike Conley shoots four shots. There's going to be nights where, where it's me or, or probably not Donovan, um, but, but other guys in the team. Um, there's obviously going to be situations. Donovan's going to have the ball more. Mike's going to have the ball more. Um, picking on different aspects of the game. Obviously tonight, wide pin downs were, were working for us and getting into them, um, being able to hit Rudy or hit the, the guy when they help down. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously everyone wants the ball at times. We, we all want to help our team in uh, on uh, different points of the year, but... I think at the end of the day, if we we buy into to the fact that we've committed to trying to win, like it, it's, I mean, we're we're deep. Rudy comes in and Eric doesn't play, and like I said, Eric was great for twelve games or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, it's tough um, sometimes, but you've got to figure out ways to to help the team. And again, some nights I'll have it more, some nights I won't, and, and that's the way it is. And I think if everyone is in the same frame of mind of, of trying to win basketball games, I, I think we'll be fine. You guys like playing against the with team style of defense because, you know, the ball movement is really good and you guys can kind of show some of the best aspects of the way. Yeah, I think it almost like forces us to play the way we want to play to a, to a certain extent. Um, I think we're at our best when we play like we did tonight. Um, I think re- regardless of the coverages that other teams play, I think obviously there's going to be times when the big's back and you can, the guy who's handling can get downhill and, and finish or, or make the play. But I think with our team getting in the paint and, and getting off it, and, and usually a lot of the times the guy that initiates it probably ends up with the shot at the end of the day. Anyway, it comes back around and um, tonight with what they were doing, obviously makes it very easy to do what we did um, and make the extra pass and, and, and swing it and keep moving it and break the paint and, and find shooters. And, um, but I think, uh, I think for us to be successful, that's the way we have to play. And, and we do play like that a lot of the times. Um, there's going to be situations late game and all that, that, that Donovan will play two, five elbow with Rudy and we'll space and, and that's how it will be. So, um, yeah, it was, it was 
nice for it to, I guess, almost be forced to play that way and make it obvious that it's a really successful way for us to, to play. You guys have had a lot of nights this year where you've gotten good looks for three yeah. and lost their bonds tonight. Is there any final reason for why they're going in tonight? City <laughs> I don't know if guys changed their meals or anything. Or... No, it's just, again, I think the way they were playing us, it, it, it almost forces you to not. I don't think guys don't make the right play, but it kind of forces you to make an extra pass. And, and the way they were scrambling, it's like a swing, swing and a drive. And then that, that guy on the opposite side is wide open. And um, some of them were, were shots we got early in the year too, and we weren't making. So there's going to be nights we don't shoot as well. Um, I think at the end of the day, defensively for us is regardless of how we're playing offense, that's how we have to hold our, our hats on, on the defensive end and rebounding the ball and then being able to push, I think, they had like six or seven offensive rebounds in that first five or six minute stretch. And after that, didn't have one for, I think, till the last quarter or some, probably one bounced out somewhere. But but we kind of locked in on that. And I think for us, again, to be successful defensively is where it's going to be. And then on the offensive end, playing the, the way we did tonight. Jumping off that, you did talk about this morning, you know, about making an extra pass from a good shot to a great shot. You also mentioned Royce. Why did you see Royce shoot the ball more? Obviously, he did that tonight. Speak about his play. Yeah, I think, it, again, just kind of making the right play. And, uh, again, I think a couple of times they were stunning off him and, and kind of almost forcing him to shoot it instead of swinging it to, to Donovan or Mike or Boyana or whoever he, he was out there with. Um, obviously, we trust Royce to, to shoot those shots every time. Um, he, he's he's always going to make the right play. He's unselfish in that aspect. Like he almost will give up a lot of his stuff to, to get guys involved and, and he knows who he's out there with. Um, he's trying to get Boyan and, and Mike and Donovan touches and shots. And I mean, he rebounds the ball and he's trying to pitch it to, to me to get me a shot. Like that's just that's the way he is and the way he plays. And, the unselfishness um, that, that he plays with. So he, he was, I mean, he's great. 99 nights out of a hundred. So um, yeah, no, he was, he was awesome tonight. No, I don't. It's too hard. To, it's too hard to say. It needs to be something like quick. Yeah. And I don't think he's ever been number eight before. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone's, everyone's kind of riding it. I, I'm going to try and figure something else out. That's too hard. So how am I going to run down the court? I can't even say it. When I'm... Um, no, I'll figure something else out. It needs to be like on the fly. And if you're out there with both Rudy's, it's, they're both looking at you like, it's impossible. We'll figure it. That was, I think it was, I think he actually made it up. Yeah, but it's not that much making up to it. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. That's Joe Ingles. Joe was great uh, last night. Ten points, but also had eight assists and seven rebounds. And talking about what exactly uh, they're going to call Rudy Gay. Speaking of Rudy Gay, let's go ahead and hear from him in his postgame comments. I remember playing against Jazz and it being so loud. I'm just happy I'm on that side. <laughs> to be honest with you, we really had some good fans and fan base has been great. He's sitting on the bench. It's been great not coming out here and playing. It just, you know, gives you that extra oomph. You had the six-minute stint in the first half, and then you played a longer one in the second half. Just, like, conditioning-wise, how was it? It's tough. It's tough. You know, a um, little bit of nerves, excitement, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough playing up here in the elevation. But, you know, I think it was more nerves than anything. And you got the chance to kind of play with everyone and get a feel of kind of how everyone plays. Just how was kind of the continuity and kind of your chemistry in your first game? Me personally, I feel like I can play with anybody. You know, I just just I just try to play the right way, move the ball when it needs to be moved, score when I need to score. And at the end of the day, just try to uh, play for one goal, and that's to win. So, you know, when you come into a game with that mindset, there's nobody you can't play with, you know. What was the best thing that you feel like you did tonight? What was the one thing that you can point to that you say you feel like you got to clean up? One thing I, I think I did good today. I didn't hold. I didn't. I didn't hold the ball. Just kept the ball moving. That's a, that's that's a big thing with this team. I think when we do that, um, we're hard to beat. You know, 
be a ball mover, um, knock down open shots, make it easy for, you know, Don and, 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 and you know, Rudy. You know, that's it. What do I think I can work on? I just ran a mile after the game to work on my, my stamina, so I think that's one thing I can work on. Uh, Joe joked that he, you stole some of his shooting powers. <laughs> um, but how much has just shooting with him helped? <laughs> Give it all. <laughs> I mean, you know, it'd be some, it'd be the closest people, people closest to you, man. Nah, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, Joe, you know, we know that's what we do here. We shoot threes. And I knew that coming in here. And I mean, Joe's a good shooter, but I'm, I mean, like I said earlier, I'm no slouch, man. I am closing in on 20,000 points. There's a lot of threes in that. <laughs> you know, I, I'm usually humble, but you know, I, I can't score. You, uh, are you the one started Ocho? Um, I don't know. It just happened. I, it, at first, at first it was Big Rudy, but you know, <laughs> didn't want to ruffle. I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. So, uh, no, I'm just joking. But you know, it is what it is, man. It's just. You know, Ocho. It's really for coach more than anything. Writing up on the board. Uh, he called Rudy and both of us walked up today. So, you know. <laughs> Do your teammates call you that on the court? They, they've taught themselves to because, you know, of the, you know, even in practice, it, it makes me up. So, you know. That's like it. Mm-hmm. Joe doesn't like it. What does Joe like? <laughs> Besides his kids and his family. <laughs> Uh, how did you engage this? Did it feel like the did it feel like the start of year sixteen for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. This is this is one of the toughest, you know, off seasons and start of seasons I've ever been a part of. You know, I'm 35 years old, had foot surgery, and you know, basically teach myself how to walk again, again after tearing my Achilles before. But uh, it's it's not it's not easy, you know. Um, he's a lot of dedication and like I said before you gotta be a little crazy without injuries to play in a, a league this long and be able to stay here and be able to chase around these 19 year olds and you know be able to play for different coaches be around different locker rooms gotta be a little different and um, I'm a little different there guys I mean Mike Conley scores five points tonight and kind of like ran the show up that's right there guys coming off an all-star appearance who would be kind of willing to sacrifice their shots and points like that so again what does Mike mean for this team and kind of when you see that kind of self-sacrifice out of Mike what, what do you think well Mike has been doing that his whole career he, he's basically whatever the team needs he does whether it's scoring passing defense he does everything that's why he's so you know that's why he's so valuable to this team and every team he's been on um you know, like you said, he sort of shot the ball five times, but he really controlled the game, and I think he needs to do more of that. Um, you know, he's he's a he's a point guard. He's our point guard. Um, he controls the game. I think we're, we're you know we're we're more we're more detailed in what we're doing, and, and um, he's more involved. And I think uh, you know when 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 that happens, we're hard to beat. There's Rudy Gay, 20 points in his Jazz debut, 7 of 8 shooting, 5 of 6 from 3 in just 18 minutes play. He also grabbed 5 boards and uh, had 2 assists as it looks like he's going to fit in quite nicely with this roster. Let's uh, wrap up the player sound with Rudy Gobert. Yeah, Rudy was great. Um, you know, Rudy gave us a spark on both ends. And uh, what I really like is like he's really looking for his teammates, you know, and... Uh, and then he's shooting the ball when he when he's opened, and uh, you know he's he did that pretty well tonight. Uh, it's huge, you know, and um, and his, his physicality, you know, when uh, you know there was a few times he he, he got somebody on the balls too, he hit somebody and get the, get the rebound, so it's gonna be huge for us. The offensive rebounds were massive in the first quarter, and then you guys really cleaned it up, kind of looking. Uh, just our mindset, you know. I think we're you know a little passive early on. Uh, they play really hard, and uh, we had to raise our level of physicality. Uh, take us through your behind-the-back pass there. Yeah. I uh, just just went with the flow. You know, I think uh, I want to dunk it first, but then uh, someone ran at me, so ran up on me, so I just you know made the right play. 
How has your how has just your passing improved through the years, and kind of what what's been your the key to that improvement? I think um, just learning the game, you know, and uh, I, I love to you know find my teammates, make the right play when I get the ball, you know. I, uh, and you know when I feel that you know the team is trying to play through me, um, you know it just gives me confidence to make the right play and uh, either finish at the rim or find the open man. What did you guys do? Um, you guys noticed some better defensively on the perimeter in terms of getting over screens, not letting Fred and and, um, and Gary get so much freedom coming off the off the picks. I think just our mindset, you know, just try to be more more aggressive on the ball, more physical. Uh, that's what they were doing to us, you know, and uh, I kept telling the guys, you know, let's, let's get into them. We might get a few fouls, but they won't be as comfortable. And then me and Hassan just got to be a little higher on those shooters to make sure that we uh, disrupt them a little more too. Bryce gave you guys an early spark on offense. Uh, when you see him shooting like that, um, how much confidence does it give the rest of the team just to see him make such an early impact on offense? It's, it's huge, you know, and uh, when the team try to, you know, overplay the role like they were doing and leaving somebody wide open, like, you know, they were always leaving a guy in the corner or in the top of the key. So uh, Royce is a great shooter and he's got to shoot it with confidence. And tonight, him making those shots uh, allowed us, you know, to to really take off and then, you know, and, uh, and win this game easily. You think you're playing higher up on the screen than you ever, like on, on average, than you have in the past? I think it depends. You know, I just, um, just kind of adjust myself uh, depending on the flow of the game, uh, who it is, you know, who is the big two. Uh, and just try to feel the game and, uh, you know, uh, and give as much confidence as I can to my teammates. You're getting the ball. It seems a little higher on some of those screen and rolls. Um, how, 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 how much more comfortable are you, or how confident are you to make a play in that? Situation? I'm really comfortable. You know, making either the uh, play of the dribble or the pass. You know, and then uh, being a little more patient. You know, I really you know, something that I really needed to do. You know, be a little more patient underneath the basket and uh, and just uh, just punish them. You know, if uh, just make the right play and uh, and then play basketball and punish them. That is Rudy Gobert. 14 points for Rudy last night. 11 boards and two block shots. Up next, the Jazz take on the Sacramento Kings tomorrow night on the road. That game will tip off at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. There's the best of the post-game show. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.